Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by guest speaker, Reverend Amanda Goldbeck. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the Apostle Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verses 4 through 14, found in the New Testament section of our Red Pew Bibles on page 190. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Philippians 3, verse 4. I have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and regard them as rubbish, in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings because by, coming, by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may retain the resurrection from the dead, not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy God, quiet our hearts, quiet the lists and all the to-dos that hover over us. Open us to your spirit this morning. Help us to hear your word anew, and in hearing your word anew, to go out as transformed disciples. Amen. This morning... We continue our Lenten sermon series focused on the choices that every disciple must make along the journey of faith. We will be exploring, exploring Philippians chapter 3, verses 4 through 14, and looking at what it means to be Christ-centered. Are you familiar with the term FOMO? F-O-M-O. 
some of you may be nodding your heads because you read this week's newsletter and saw a reference to it in the main article written by our communications director, Jim Teague. If you were born after the year 2000, it is likely a term that is part of your regular vocabulary. FOMO stands for fear of missing out. It is defined as the feelings of apprehension that one is either not in the know or missing out on information, events, experiences, or life decisions that could make one's life better. It most often comes up in situations related to social interaction. Everyone you know is going to a party or out to the movies, and you develop a deep feeling of anxiety if you aren't able to join. It's an interesting phenomenon in our culture and is most often associated with missing out on experiences with peers or a person's close social circle. Studies indicate that the rise of social media has a lot to do with the phenomenon. Before social media, there wasn't any immediate way to know what your friends were up to unless you were actually there and hanging out with them. Social media allows us to advertise everything we are doing at every moment of the day. If I am busy working on a Saturday night and I happen to scroll through Facebook or Instagram or check check my text messages, I might happen upon a picture of my friends playing an epic game of charades or Dungeons and Dragons without me. Suddenly, I'm racked with anxiety that I might be missing out on the best night of my life. In our scripture today, I wonder if we don't hear a slight air of FOMO, a fear of missing out, of a different type in, Paul, in Paul's words to the church at Philippi. Paul, according to scholars, was likely writing to the Philippian church while sitting in a Roman prison. He is trying to address concerns that he has about the influence of other groups on the Philippians, specifically around issues of righteousness under the law enacted through circumcision and its connection with righteousness through Christ. Paul is trying to help the Philippians understand what it means to live a life defined in and through Christ. Paul has a fear of missing out on behalf of the Philippian church. He is concerned about them missing out on the gift of new life in Christ and the righteousness that is handed to them through the gift of Christ's death and resurrection. Paul is worried that they are distracted and focused on the wrong things, distracted by other groups trying to tell them how to live, distracted by theological debates, distracted by confusion over what the supposed rules are for counting oneself as a disciple. Sound familiar? Paul's words are just as true for us as they were for the Philippian church. We are distracted disciples. We hedge our bets about salvation, listening to culture's whispers of promise. We give ourselves over to extracurricular activities, more and more school degrees, extra hours at the office. We seek out higher paying jobs in order to have the bigger house, the nicer car, better vacations. 
We live our lives chasing after an intangible promise of happiness and fulfillment, an intangible promise of a way out of this crazy, hectic, anxiety-inducing cycle of life. Instead of a way out, we find ourselves distracted and consumed by a constant feeling that there must be more we should be doing. We worry that somehow we are missing out on that one thing that will bring us the happiness, the peace, the joy we have been searching for. What if, what if the thing we have been searching for has been right in front of us all along. In only a manner that could belong to the writings of Paul, we are presented with a very cyclical explanation of what it means to live a life in Christ. In verses 7 and 8, Paul explains, Yet whatever gains I had, these I have to come to regard as loss, because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul is pointing to the way in which living a life in Christ requires us as disciples to choose between that which adds and supports our life in Christ and that which subtracts from our life in Christ. For Paul, the life of Christ is a life of forfeit on the one hand and gain on the other, a life of giving up what the world convinces us is gain in order to take on that which the world tells us is foolishness or loss. Paul doesn't say this in any haughty, toddy, theologically-minded way either. He claims that everything is lost in Christ Jesus. His claim that everything is lost in Christ Jesus is a claim of faith crafted through the personal experience of loss. Episcopal pastor, the right Reverend Robert C. Wright, remarks of Paul, What did he forfeit? Plenty title and reputation, professional friends and community standing, steady income and warm bed most nights. But more importantly, he forfeited designing his own life. He gave up careerism for calling. He gave up the fantasy of independence for the truth of interdependence. He allowed what was in his head about Christ to enter his bloodstream, his calendar, and his checkbook. He took on Jesus' spirituality of simplicity. He became a scandal by virtue of following Jesus, the scandal. Paul, in his life and words, illustrates the challenge we face as disciples, that of forfeiting those things that take away from our life in Christ while taking on those things that add to our life in Christ. It is a mathematical equation that will never add up in human terms. What are we called to forfeit? Ultimately, everything. Everything that we are pursuing that we think will somehow make us happy enough, perfect enough, valuable enough, loved enough, 
powerful enough to conquer the pressures and circumstances of living in our culture and world. You see, our world is death. All these things that we chase after belong to the old order, to that which convinces us that our worth, our hope, our happiness can only be found in the fleeting desires and definitions of this world. As disciples like Paul through Christ, we are promised life, not false hopes and fleeting dreams, but a life of abundance. A life where our call is to center ourselves in the unending and all-consuming truth that we are enough. That Christ has claimed us, and in that claim, we are no longer defined by our past and are called into a future where love, justice, and mercy define all that we are and all that we seek to be each and every day. Theologian William Greenway explains it this way. This is Paul's realized eschatology, which is not about a future state in heaven, but about the power to see with the eyes of faith in the present, even as, like Jesus, one lives directly in the face of death. Today is a very special day in the life of our church, Shortly, we will be confirming into faith six of our youth. This marks another step in their journey of faith. Today, these six youth will say yes to making Christ the center of their lives. They will actively step into the truth that loss is gain as they acknowledge that their identity, all that they are and all that they will be, is defined in and through Christ. And any definition that this world attempts to put on them, any pressure to be, to desire, has no claim or place in their lives lived in and through Christ. Confirmands, on this day, I specifically remind you, but ultimately everyone here, Hannah, Claire, Max, John, Ash, Jaden, you are known and loved by Christ. You are enough. You are a beloved child of God being called into new life. The journey you are on is one filled with difficulty, hardship, questions, doubts, and fears. But, and this is a huge but, this journey is also filled with more love and hope and forgiveness and transformation than you could ever hope for or imagine. I challenge you to lean into this love, hope, forgiveness, and transformation, seeking to let Christ's Spirit pour over you this day and in each and every day that lays before you. I invite all of us, as we approach the communion table this morning, to join our confirmands in our own reaffirmation of our faith in Christ. As we remember Christ's death on the cross and the gift of life we have been handed, let's step bravely forward in union with our risen Lord, knowing that we need not fear missing out on anything, because in Christ we are guaranteed life, life abundant, filled with everything we could ever need. Amen.